Stand by for Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors with your host, Drew Kirby. Hey, this is Luke Holmes. I am Morgan Wallen. I'm Riley Green. I'm Travis Denning. Hey, I'm Aaron Lewis. Hey, it's Luke Bryan. I'm Tim McGraw. What's up? This is Ian Munsey. Ah, this is Craig Morgan. And you're listening to Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors. My Country 95.5. Wyoming Hooking and Hunting Outdoors on My Country 95.5. All right, Janet, 2022 is behind us. We're starting a fresh new year, which means that lots of great things are ahead for Wyoming Game and Fish Department. And boy, it was kind of a busy, crazy 2022. It was, Drew, but what a year it was. You know, there's always so many things that happen in everybody's lives and in the state of Wyoming. And for wildlife, it was an eventful year as well. So uh, a lot of the hunting seasons have ended. There are still a couple that will go through the end of January. Of course, we have bird seasons. Of course, ice fishing is upon us. So, you know, I've seen a lot of fish that have been caught on some of these areas uh, during the ice fishing early that we had, because this year we had a little bit earlier than we did last year. That's right. It has been a little bit colder, which has been nice for a lot of those folks who like to get out and fish. But we did have kind of a late year at Glendo before the ice went on. And so that was kind of a an interesting deal. You know, looking back at 2022, um, anglers and recreationists might remember it was a pivotal year for us with the aquatic invasive species and the check stations that we did. So so it was a long year for us on that end. And, and Matt can talk a little bit more about the importance of that and why 2022 was such a great year. Matt Hahn, uh, you have uh, you guys have kind of really grabbed onto this AIS check stations. It's real important that just because 2022 is over, that doesn't mean that we don't have to be cautious when it comes to the AIS. No, that's right. But certainly those things will pose a threat probably, you know, going indefinitely into the future. Um, what we're seeing is more and more places to the east of us uh, showing up positive with zebra mussels, especially in South Dakota. And so we are kind of uh, increasing our focus on the eastern border and will be in 2023. Uh, we will have some additional uh, check stations along the eastern border. Um, we're trying in the process right now of trying to fill positions for inspectors over along the eastern border. So we will be going back to normal operations at Glendo with, with the check station in town there and all the boat ramps and things will be open um, at, at Glendo Reservoir. Uh, once the ice comes off. Now that we're we're ready for ice to, to be on Glendo and, and all the other areas around, uh, how does it look for ice fishermen? I know it's it's still early, too early to tell, but have you heard good things from people that have been out on the waters? Yeah, it's sort of a mixed bag. Depends on where you are. You know, last year, 2022, was, we had pretty bad drought conditions around the region and really the whole state. And so there's some, some lakes that have pretty low water. Um, low enough to the point where it's impacting the fishery. So, you know, think of Goldeneye Reservoir, uh, a lot of the small ponds out northwest of Casper, the 33-mile ponds. A lot of those fisheries uh, either weren't stocked last spring because of low water or we lost fisheries throughout the summer due to summer kill stuff. So there are some places that 
yeah, they have great ice right now, but not great fish populations. But pretty much everywhere else is is business as usual. You know, Pathfinder's low, but it's a great big reservoir, so that low water doesn't really impact the fishery at all. Yeah, there's a lot of good ice fishing opportunity for a lot of different species around here right now. All right, Janet. So there are some areas that uh, are public access that are really exciting and have a great future for 2023. Hey, that's right. You know, 2022 was was a great year in the Casper region for public access because we did get a new public access area, the Ogallala access area, which uh, Matt Pollock is in charge of doing all the maintenance and worked really closely with with all the folks in that area to get it up and running for, for hunters this fall. So I'll let Matt tell you a little bit more about Ogallala. As you're well aware, uh, increasing public access is a high priority for the Wyoming Game and Fish Department. Uh, we want to make opportunities available to all of our constituents and all the people uh, of the state. And to that end, as Janet uh, alluded to, we opened a brand new public access area in Northwest Converse County called the Ogallala Ranch Public Access Area. It's open primarily for, for hunting. Uh, it's it's a, 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 an area for, for hunting and uh, it's pretty exciting. Uh, it opens up a lot of federal and state lands, w- would have had at least limited uh, access to them. So uh, it improves access as well as, as getting uh, several thousand acres of private lands uh, open to us too. Uh, and just outside of our region, the commission just purchased the Ellis Ranch, which is going to be a new public access area, uh, which is in Western Johnson County and straddles over into uh, Washakie County. I think around 2,800 acres uh, with access to uh, tons and tons of previously landlocked federal lands. So. When it goes to opening new public access areas like this, do you have to do surveys? Do you have to do... Do you have to walk the lines or anything like that? Yeah, it's a it's a pretty big uh, department-wide effort. We have our own internal surveyor who goes out and surveys the land so that uh, we know uh, that all the property lines are online and all that kind of thing. And then uh, and then some of our crews go out and we might work on fences, putting up signage, uh, border signage signs around the parking lot that give uh, folks uh, information about the area. Uh, We create parking areas, we may upgrade roads, all kinds of stuff like that. So yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of people involved. And of course, you know, it's a a learning process for the for the public as well as as for us, as people learn the boundaries of the new areas and everything. In, In many of these areas, the landowner retains ownership of the land, they just allow access so we purchase an easement from them. And so it's important that uh, people respect the, the land and the landowner. From the time they, that you guys take over a piece of land like this that is public access, how long does it take for all of that to be finished? I mean, you just listed a laundry list of, of items that has to be done. And I mean, are we talking six, eight months, a year? Sometimes things can 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 proceed pretty quickly and, and, and we might be able to get all that done within a, a year or so. But oftentimes we'll hear about a, a landowner that has interest. We may approach them and they may express some interest, but then they kind of 
eh, I'm not sure. And, and, and we keep working on them and, and they keep thinking about it. And sometimes this could take years and years and years, but generally from once we have a pretty good prospect to the day that we finally open it, it's usually probably a, a year or two. Well, it sounds like the future is pretty good in the access department of Wyoming Game and Fish. All right, we'll continue with the state of the outdoors in just minutes. Same to Wyoming hooking and hunting outdoors. My Country 95.5. All right, we're back. It's Wyoming Game and Fish Department, and uh, Brian Olson is now with us. And Brian... Uh, we haven't talked to you in a little bit. You must be pretty busy, but 2022 <laughs> has now ended, and uh, and things are looking good for 2023. I know that uh, this year we've had some mandatory check stations. Uh, how have things been going with those? They actually did. Uh, they actually went really well. Um, uh, you know, we we put those things out as kind of a new thing, especially in Central Wyoming, um, to have mandatory you know um, registration of your your critters so we can get a CWD sample and um, it actually went really well around the Douglas area, Casper area, and then further to the south and that muddy gap country. We had some mandatory areas down there and we actually had really good compliance with with those hunters. So, and that information, that CWD information should be available uh, probably after the first of the year on the website um, to update everybody on on uh, what kind of uh, pre prevalence that we found in those areas. A couple of weeks ago, there were some uh meetings public meetings for black bear and we're going to be starting opening uh a lot more meetings over the next couple of of months but you know drew the meetings that you talk about first of all in this new year in 2023 um just would like to first of all say thank you to all of the people who attended our meetings in 2022 that was really um it's really helpful when we get to hear from the public and they're able to express their views and opinions to us and we can hopefully take into account some of those ideas and thoughts and, and mold them into our season settings and so thanks to the public for the meetings and and Brian can continue to talk a little bit more about how how things look for 2023 yeah like participation in the meetings could be a whole always could be a lot better you know but they also have the online participation that you can do comments online which is another aspect of our public process just trying to make it more convenient for folks to give us their thoughts on hunting seasons and this last year you know in some parts of the state we in a lot of parts of the states, we had lower antelope numbers and deer numbers, um, a lot to do with um, past, you know, winter events, but also chronic wasting disease and um, some other diseases like uh, um, EHD and blue tongue. So I think, again, this next year, you might see some areas, you know, even have a little bit more um, decrease in, in uh, licenses available for antelope for sure um, until those numbers can start coming back. And there's still some deer in a lot of places, especially along the river, North Platte River in central Wyoming, where, you know, especially white-tailed deer, um, it's been pretty tough the last couple of years with EHD. We've lost a lot of critters through that, um, through central and eastern Wyoming. So it's going to be a while for those start coming back. So there might be some, um, you know, restricted license, license available for that. But otherwise, on a statewide basis, things look really well. Um, of course, we'll wait and see what Mother Nature does for us this winter. Um, elk of course are doing really well. We had a really good bird production for some of our upland game birds this year. Um, and some of our mountain grouse did really well this year too. So I guess it's just uh, overall outlook. We're hoping for a real um, good snow in the, in the high country and maybe a, a real mild winter weather spring season for our, some of our deer and antelope populations. So maybe they can start bouncing back from 
a uh, few years of some issues. We're into the the point now, like we mentioned earlier, where a lot of the big game is starting to taper off. A few seasons are left. But waterfowl is still uh, in high demand for at least the next month or month and a half. Uh, how are the, the bird numbers looking? I know that there was an issue at a couple of water sources where there were some ducks that ended up dying. Uh, is this an, an issue that's going all over the state or is this secluded? You know, Drew, that was a pretty localized event there at Ocean Lake um, where we had that and more information will be coming out and, and hopefully we won't have any more of those types of die-offs across the state. But with avian influenza, a lot of our surrounding states are seeing a lot of things um, impacted. Snow geese had been impacted in, in Colorado quite a bit. So we are keeping our eyes open and like I said, at the time of the recording, we may not have something you know to say right now, but um, hopefully we won't be coming back on and reporting more. Anything, any place around there, some moving water, you know, as things freeze up up north, we get this colder temperatures coming here in December. Um, of course, that's going to attract more of these ducks and keys coming from the, the northern country. And hopefully our, our uh, hunting conditions will remain in really good shape. I know a lot of folks are out doing some duck and goose hunting. And, and as things freeze up in those parts of the river that are still open, we'll congregate a few more of those waterfowl species and you know, just another reminder to make sure you have all that you need, your your licenses and your stamps and, and make sure you have a plug shotgun and using, you know, steel shot, all that kind of stuff or non-toxic shot. So all those things are in our regulations. If you have problems finding regulation, if you don't want to use your phone, we do have regulations printed at the Game and Fish offices. And if you have ever any questions on waterfowl hunting, you know, in central Wyoming or anywhere else in Wyoming, just give your local game warden, biologist or game and fish office a call and we'll, we'll certainly help you out so we can help you be more successful in the field. I really enjoy the fact that this is going on year two and a half, I guess, of this program. And I know that a lot of people have learned a lot of things because of all the information that you guys give us each and every week. And we do appreciate it. And I think 2023 will be the most informative year that we've had yet. So I'm looking forward to everything going on uh, in 2023, Janet. Thanks, Drew. Um, agreed. And we just encourage people to keep sending those questions in because that's how we know what you want to hear. Again, the state of the outdoors in Wyoming is looking great. Thanks again for tuning in for the very first show of 2023. We've got a big year planned. It's been hunting outdoors. My country, 95.5. All right, Brian, we're ushering in the new year. Today is uh, New Year's Day, which is a good thing because we're starting out on the right foot for 2023. Right foot and a fresh start. Yeah, that's right. So obviously, if you had a rough 2022 and maybe you didn't have all the outdoor items that you wanted or you need, why not start on the right foot here? Yeah, we're open uh, 9 to 6 today, and um, we've uh, we've still got a great supply of just about everything. You know, we're, we're starting to fill back in from the crazy last two years that we had, but uh, now we're geared up for these cold weather uh, sport, sporting events, our, our ice fishing and our coyote hunting and all that uh, good waterfowl and, and upland bird stuff. One thing that you and I mentioned and talked about before uh, we came on was how great it was for Christmas to see the folks that are coming in and buying the new guns and the new shotguns and and maybe you're not 100 percent set up for that yet so you can actually come in here and figure that all out 
Yeah, we've got uh, an awful lot of guns and uh, ammo is really starting to back build back up. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot of guys behind the gun counter that are knowledgeable and will try to get the right gun in your hands. And what I really like is if you purchased a gun or received a gun and maybe a scope and you're not really sure how to, to set it all up, uh, you got the guys like you just mentioned. Yeah, and I, you know, a lot of times, you know, a guy will come in looking for a set of rings or bases, and you know, it's really we we we, we want to take care of you. So we don't want you to have like a like that home improvement plumbing problem where you have to go back and forth days <laughs> yeah. hardware six or seven times for the one project. You know, bring your gun in, bring your scope in. Uh, we'll get it mounted for you. We'll get the proper bases, the proper rings. We'll uh, bore sight it and level it, and and we'll send you out with at least a fighting chance. You know, last Christmas I, I bought my dad had a rifle from from here rocky mountain discount sports and we were looking at it this christmas and uh you know he said man it was so nice to be able to come out and just have this all put together and i didn't have to worry about it so it really does take a lot of pressure off it takes a lot of stress off a person if you can go out to the range and have that uh you know that gun bore sighted with you know up to you know 25 yards and you're not having to uh burn up a bunch of ammo to try to get that thing sighted in right. it takes a lot of stress off you now we also were just mentioning about coyote hunting so if you you do or are going out for a hunt and you need new optics come on in yeah you know uh obviously we have all the traditional rifle scopes but we've been sen- selling quite a bit of the burris uh, thermal uh, scopes uh that's been kind of fun to play with and uh especially for early mornings and evenings and it's amazing come come on in and take a look through them they're, they're fun to look at it does change the game really uh you know you don't have to really rely as much on on your site as you do you know with the optics that help well just just locating them is the big thing you know mm-hmm. and so you know you get yourself a nice lucky duck call you know maybe a primos call get sit out there and get some calling done early or late late evening early mornings and uh it's, it's a hoot. Now, if somebody's starting out with ice fishing, and, and ice fishing is, we're right into it. We start later on this month with some of the derbies, the hog derbies in February. And mm-hmm. uh, you want to come in and, and figure out how to start. Like, now would be a good time I mean, before everything really gets rolling. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's a there's there's a ton of YouTube videos and all that kind of stuff that a guy can, can listen to and watch. But, you know, come in. Most of the guys here have been out ice fishing. They can give you some ice fishing uh like what the what the status is on the ice and and what's working um obviously yeah depending on what species of fish you're you know looking for whether it's trout or walleyes or if you want to head up to healy and go catch a bunch of you know sunfish or bluegills mm-hmm. that kind of stuff um we can certainly help you and get you get you some of the right tackle in your hands and one thing now that we're into 2023 uh we talked about licensing a, a little bit and now's when it gets a little on the I guess the confusing side of everything, because if you bought a, a license for hunting and fishing last year, well, it may not be up yet, but it could be coming. Yeah. So most of our licenses, like fishing licenses now are 365 days from the time that you bought them. Same with your conservation stamp. But you might have bought your conservation stamp when you bought your elk license and it may expire at a different time than your fishing license. So uh, now's a really good time to just get your licenses out, double check, see how long you have. Um, If your fishing license expires on June 1st, you don't have to wait till June 1st to buy a new fishing license. You can come into the store. It will renew from the time. So if you renew it in January, it'll just tack on another 365 days from the June 1st date. 
So gotcha. uh, you, don't, you don't have to worry about, well, I got it too early and I'm going to lose out on six months. It will actually go from the last license you purchased. So if you just want to get it out of the way, mm -hmm. now would be a good time to come in. And, and obviously very knowledgeable here. If, if you have questions on those, and what about the ORV tags to, or the stickers? And I think ORV and snowmobile, they're, they're just uh, annual, seasonal, like 2020, 21, 22, each, each calendar year. So um, if you had a snowmobile... Uh, a tag on your snowmobile it probably expired yesterday right so don't get busted <laughs> because you wrote it yesterday doesn't mean it's good today yeah and just make sure i mean i talked to a hunter this last week that you know he came into the store and thought he had purchased everything he needed for waterfowl hunting and um you know make sure you read the regs and that you've got all the appropriate stuff that you've got like your hip permit and the duck stamp you know the person behind the counter may not necessarily hunt waterfowl and may right. not know all the requirements but it really falls back on the on the the hunter and fishermen themselves to know what the reg regulations are so um make sure that you check those regs make sure that you know the areas that you're fishing uh you know especially with tip-ups and that kind of stuff that you can have live bait or not live bait whether you can run six rods or you know every area has a little bit of different regulations and the regulations are confusing so stay up to date <laughs> on that <laughs> get in here and check them out rocky mountain discount sports Homing, hooking, and hunting outdoors on My Country 95.5. Well, Brian, one thing that you've uh, told me since I arrived here was never plan uh, your schedule around the weather in Wyoming because it could be up, it could be down, and you can't really plan. Just go out and do things. Yeah, if you're planning on the weather, and you'll never do anything. So it's a... Uh, and it's definitely one of those things where just because the weather in Casper is bad, 20 miles outside of town, it might be nice and calm and balmy. <laughs> we, were, we were just talking, and, and it's really interesting because I went to Lander and, and took a trip over there, and it's always around Boysen. 10 to 15 to 20 mm -hmm. degrees colder than right. it is here in the Casper area. Yeah, that basin over there, it just like sucks in the cold. And uh, so it's always like the first best good ice, you know, that, we, that we've got in that area. And a lot of times during the winter months, you know, even the, the big W is uh, a little calmer. Right. Uh, now, over there this week, it seemed like most of the lake had good ice on it. Uh, you had mentioned that uh, on the south side, it was a little thicker than the northern part. Yeah, the reports I'm hearing is like that south end, uh, Badwater, Poison Creek, those areas, you know, got 10 to 16 inches of ice, depending on where you're at. And then uh, up around uh, San Mesa and some of those areas only had 6 to 8. But 6 to 8 is pretty safe to, to walk on in most cases. Right. It's recommended at least 4 to get out on and, and walk and, and fish as we talked in, what was it, 100 inches for uh, Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so I, I think we're pretty good with, you know, 6 to 8 inches right now. But what are we thinking about Alcova and Pathfinder? I mean, those have been a little hard hit. Yeah, and I haven't been to Alcova, but uh, the North Platte Walleyes was going to have a, kind of a New Year's Day to today uh, event up there and uh, ice fishing, and they actually canceled it because the ice conditions just weren't uh, where they wanted them to be. So, Of course, we know that there was uh, an, an incident up in Keyhole where normally there's pretty good ice, but mm -hmm. there just didn't happen to be that, that specific day. Yeah, you know, I had a, a friend of mine lost a really good friend down at Glendo, oh, had to be 15 years ago and you know they were they were running all the way from reno boat ramp all the way over to sandy beach and they had a really good catfish bite going on and they cut the they cut a corner um going towards uh, the reno boat ramp 
where there just had to be a pocket. And uh, I think it was late at night where they, you know, they they on side-by-sides and, you know, they didn't see the open water quick mm-hmm. enough and, um, and they had a tragedy there. But, um, yeah, you just, you, you got to really be careful. I mean, we've got some some methane pockets in, the, in, in these reservoirs that sometimes put some warmer water out, I guess. And uh, it just doesn't always freeze consistently. Now, we do have some of the, the bigger ice fishing tournaments and, and derbies, the hog derbies coming up and, and some of the others. Uh, Ocean Lake, I think, is that, is that in there the as well? I that's the first one, yeah, coming up here in a couple of weeks. So, and, and I was up in, in that area as well, and it seemed to have good ice, but it was also warming up a little bit, so got to be careful. Yeah, and Ocean Lake should be interesting this year because they normally keep an aerator on that lake, and then they had uh, those uh, ducks that they found dead mm-hmm. on, that, on the reservoir, so they, they shut down the aerator so that they wouldn't attract more birds to, to hitting that body of water. So this might be kind of a unique year for Ocean Lake where people can actually fish some parts of the lake where they couldn't normally because the aerator was keeping it open. So it is a, a good idea to do some research on a lot of these places, especially over there. Like, you know, we talked about Boyson being frozen pretty good mm-hmm. but then uh, you know right here in this general areas could be a little off yeah and you just never know i mean pathfinder is a little bit higher elevation and you know it uh it it tends to freeze up pretty good especially up in the sweetwater arm and then some of the other bays um but it also gets a lot of wind too so if there is open water you know it's it's, it's crazy what that that open water and the wind will actually do to the rest of the ice that's op- that's there which you know making sure that you're taking every precaution in there and and coming back with a mess of fish and mm-hmm. you know your life is always a, a good thing you know yeah and, you know and again we've, we've talked about just you know the safety precautions that a person needs to take and you know whether it's a, you know you're carrying a sled or having a, a throw cushion or mm-hmm. a life jacket in with yeah, um, we did just get in um, an item, and I, I I can't quite remember the name of it, but it basically it's a tow harness. So basically, a strap that you'd put over your shoulders if you're going to walk your ice sled out to the ice. Um, and it's made of, of a rope that can actually, the, the harness can actually be detangled or untangled and used as a throw rope. Oh, wow. So it's kind of a multi-purpose. And yeah. one, of the, one of the keys with that, with that company was that, hey, if you have to use it, you have to unwind it to use it as a throw, you send that rope back into us and we'll reweave it back into the tow harness that, you know, it was designed to be. Wow. You know, so. in safety devices and, and as technology comes into uh, play with a lot of mm-hmm. This, the, the designs and everything, it's, it's really nice. They're concerned about safety. Yeah, and there's, I mean, obviously, you know, everybody should have a set of picks. Um, you know, a throw cushion is always good or a throw rope. Um, and just, you know, hopefully you never get to that point, but you, you have to be cautious. We had those guys last year on Pathfinder where the ice broke away from the shore. Yeah, right. You know, and so, uh, you know, having a, having a long rope where you might be able to, you know, tow a piece of ice with your buddies on it back to shore which is kind of handy or having a jet sled um where you can uh, you know at least float float back yeah so uh, precautions 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 and get out and, and enjoy it but make sure that it's safe to to do so right have you hooked a big fish 